Hello and welcome to Dog Save the People, a podcast about how dogs make our lives better. My name is John Bartlett, and I'm your host. Doug Mater has been working as a veterinarian for over 30 years, but his family's connection to animals was complicated. Doug got a love of dogs from his mother, but his father was vehemently against them. Nonetheless, Doug's mission has always been to help foster the human-animal bond in any way that he could. In his new book, The Vet at Noah's Ark, Doug writes about his work in the inner city of Los Angeles during the time of the Rodney King riots in the 1990s. Today, he is still working as a vet, now in the Florida Keys. Before the show starts, I want to direct you to our online merch store with items that emphasize life is truly better with a dog. To get 10% off your order, go to dogsavethepeople.com slash shop and enter promo code DOGPEOPLE10 at checkout. Now, back to the show. Doug, welcome to Dog Save the People. I'm so thrilled to have you with us today. Whereabouts are we speaking to you from? Thank you for the invitation. I'm uh, down in what's called the Conk Republic, also known as the Florida Keys. And how's the weather down there? It's about 82 degrees with a light trade out of the southeast. I can't complain. Yeah. So, Doug, how did dogs play a role with you in your childhood? My father was military. He traveled. He was gone a lot at war, first Korea and then Vietnam. My father was a real hardcore man's man. This is a man who would take me out and get me into bar fights to teach me how to be a man. Men don't cry kind of a guy. And I remember growing up, we weren't allowed to have pets. And finally, when he went away to Vietnam, my mother begged him to get a dog so she could have protection in the house because he was never there. He was always off fighting the war. My love for dogs came on because of my mother. When he came back, the dog, of course, had became a house dog and we all loved it. He hated it. To show love for a dog is just something that people in his generation didn't do. He absolutely hated the dogs. My father, of course, wanted me to join the military so I could be a soldier just like he was. And I had no desire to do that. I wanted to be a veterinarian. And he thought it was an absolute waste of time and waste of education, waste of money. And so there was always this horrible conflict. And fast forward many years, my mother passed away and had a dog. And he adopted her dog by default. And it was a small Yorkie, you know couch dog. He was so proud of that dog and he walked the dog every day and took really good care of it. That little dog became his whole life. And he retired in Hawaii. Once he got the dog, I found that he was calling me three or four times a week. All of a sudden we had a link and I got to really know my father. I purchased him his first computer when he was about 80 years old and then got him a little camera. And then he used to send me pictures of this dog and He'd always ask me questions about it because that was his link to my mom after she passed away. So after 50 years, we finally had something we could talk about was his little dog. And he still never acknowledged the fact that being a veterinarian was anything worthwhile. He always wanted me to be a soldier. She was a real badass. I mean, never backed down from a fight. And I was the total opposite. You know, I'm a pacifist. I love animals. I love people. I'm not confrontational. So we never got along till this dog. As he got older and his dog got older and his dog got sick. And at that time, there were no boarded specialists living in Hawaii. 
He took it to his veterinarian. His veterinarian called me up. We talked about the case. The dog had severe cancer. By that time, I was a triple boarded specialist and his vet did not have the skill sets and there was nobody in Hawaii that he could send the dog to and the dog was too sick to put on a plane. And even if I had flown back to Hawaii, his vet didn't have the equipment for me to do the surgery and he had to put the dog down. And this ironclad man, this man's man, when he put his little dog to sleep, he broke down. He just fell apart and it was pretty tough to watch. Fast forward about a year or so later, he ended up getting very sick and I flew back to try and be with him. And I got there literally hours before he passed away. And when I was sitting by his bedside, he finally looked at me and said, no, I'm really proud of you. I'm glad you became a veterinarian. So it took a little dog to make that difference. That gave me some peace and some closure. It's always difficult to lose a loved one. And I can tell you for a fact that losing my dad was very hard. I mean, I hated him. I hated him growing up because he was so mean. But the last couple of years after my mom passed and he had the dog, we formed a bond and I miss him. I'm sorry for your loss. It goes to show how dogs and animals are this incredible catalyst or this gateway that helped soften us, open our hearts. So after all these years, you felt like you finally had this connection and this validation. Absolutely. So Doug, you've had an amazing career and have worked in a lot of places and have done a lot of things with your vet practice. One of the first chapters of your professional life was starting a small animal vet practice in Los Angeles during the 90s. And you recently wrote a book about this called The Vet at Noah's Ark. Can you tell me a little bit about this? The book is about a year in my life when I lived in inner city, Los Angeles area, when I studied for my veterinary specialty boards. And it coincided with a time that was very difficult in LA's history, and that was surrounding the social unrest of the Rodney King riots. You are capturing a particular time in our nation's history that really is very relevant to what's going on in the world today. Sadly, a lot of the social unrest that's discussed in the book hasn't changed. When I lived in Los Angeles, we did everything we could to get involved with the community, but you got 10 million people living in 100 square miles. My hospital was right in the middle of the inner city. And we are right in the middle of all the horrible stuff that went down. So it was an interesting challenge to try and study for this intense test and run a hospital and manage busy staff and promote the human-animal bond. So technically, it's a memoir, but it reads like a fast-paced medical drama. There are some very happy dog stories in there, some that will absolutely have you rolling on the floor. And then there are some dog stories in there that'll just make you so mad. I don't think I would be here today talking to you if I hadn't been surrounded by such an amazing, caring, compassionate medical team when I had that hospital. My staff was just incredible, and it's important to be part of the community. Doug, I love that you mentioned the word community, helping to connect your practices. And to me, I find that when I work at a shelter, a volunteer, that word comes up all the time because you're really getting to know the community. And I think that with our dogs in particular, we get to know each other very well. Right. People that work in the shelters, that's a tough job. And if you get the opportunity to help out at the shelters and volunteer your time, you're going to benefit the community, you're going to benefit the animals, and you're going to benefit your own soul. It's uplifting. Oh, absolutely. And the veterinary practice is one where, again, you're dealing, of course, with the people, but also with the animal and that relationship thereof. It's very complicated and very complex, I would imagine. It sure is. And then on top of that, you have to factor in that elephant in the room that nobody likes to talk about, and that is money. 
In the book, I talk about how my career took a major 180 degree change when I was run over by an underage drunken driver. And I've had 27 surgeries putting me back together again. I'm covered with scars. But never once did I go to the doctor and he say, okay, your back surgery is going to cost you $120,000. Can you afford it? Yet in veterinary medicine, Mr. Smith brings in his sick kitty cat, and I've got to say, Mr. Smith, we can help your cat. These are the tests I recommend running. The first question is, how much is that going to cost? Yes. I suppose you could call me a bad businessman, and I can honestly say that I've never turned anybody away because of money. I've always done everything I could always do to help as long as they're willing to make some type of an effort. But sometimes as veterinarians, our hands are tied. And if the clients absolutely don't want to spend money, but they expect you to cure their pet, sometimes it's a real challenge. And I've got a couple vignettes in the book like that. That's always upsetting. And it can be really hard on a veterinarian, especially the young ones. Oh, gosh, I imagine so. And I've had a lot of experiences with shelters in New York City and a lot of people who are surrendering their pets because they can't afford to take care of them. And a lot of senior pets are surrendered there. And there's a lot of really tough, very sad experiences that I've had in this. And I know that some of my friends have had pet insurance. I've never done that, but I really appreciate and applaud that you'll try to do anything that you can to help these people. I'm glad you brought up pet insurance because back in the early 90s, pet insurance didn't exist. Now there are several companies that offer various levels. And I try and encourage all my pet owning clients to get pet insurance. It's out there if you want it. When you make those monthly payments, it hurts. But man, when it comes time to cash in on it, you're sure glad it's there. I know you now live in the Florida Keys and work with other animals. How is that? And do you still work with dogs at all? I'm a veterinarian and I'm board certified in dog and cat medicine, but I'm also board certified in zoo medicine and I'm board certified in reptile medicine. I've gotten away from the dog and cat practice and most of my time now I spend with wildlife. So I do a ton of work with sea turtles and alligators, crocodiles, things like that. For me personally, when I wake up in the morning, my goal is to do everything I can to keep that human animal bond alive and strong. I live in Monroe County, which is the Florida Keys, 43 islands connected by 42 bridges, and there's not a single board-certified vet here. So even though I'm technically retired, I get called by the vets all the time, so I still do a lot of dog work on the side. And your wife is a vet as well. She is. We have a fantastic partnership and relationship, and she's my best friend, and it's just great because we both love animals, and both of us like to give back to the community. So tell me about your current dogs. My wife and I have two dogs. One of them is Aragon, a Whippet Rescue. And the other one is Adigan, a mutt from the shelter. They're both nuts and crazy. I love them to death. They're part of my daily exercise routine now. It's good for them, and it's really good for me. And you know what, John? I have days where I can barely get out of bed, but knowing that I've got to walk the dogs and they're counting on me, they're my motivation to get up, we walk, and we walk, and then we get stronger. It's good for them. They're going to live longer. I'm going to live longer. The two dogs get along great. They protect each other, and they protect us. They love our cats. They love our bird. They're great dogs. And we don't have kids. They're our life. They're our sunrise and sunset, you know. Doug, where can we find you online and where can we find your book online? My website is www.dougmater.com. So that's an easy one to remember. If you go to that, there's several links to take you to access the book. Or you can go to my publisher at apollopublishing.com or any of the online booksellers like Amazon, B. Dalton, Books and Books, places like that. Amazing. And the book is The Vet at Noah's Ark. 
Doug, what a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much for sharing about your experience with your dad and about your own practice and all of the different experiences that you've had and all of the people and animals that you've helped. Thank you so much. Such a pleasure and an honor and a privilege to be here with you, John. Thank you for the invitation. It was so heartwarming to hear from Doug about the journey with his father. It was not always flowers and sunshine, and they had plenty of disagreements around his choice of profession and being a vet. However, eventually his father was able to understand the beauty of canine companionship when he took in a dog. And through that, he was able to see why Doug's work and skills are so important to helping maintain the relationships for others and their dogs and animals too. A lot of us have complicated stories with our fathers. They want us to be something that we're not. I love that they were both able to get a sense of closure and to finally form a bond between themselves as well. Thank you for listening to this episode of Dog Save the People, a podcast about how dogs make our lives better. This show is made by, as it should be, a production company and content studio. It is made with the support of Scott Benaglio, executive producer, and Jack Summer, our producer and editor. Special thanks to Daniel Lampert, our neighbor and composer, for creating the music for the show. You can follow Dog Save the People on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like the show, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. You can also follow our show on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. To sign up for our monthly email newsletter, you can go to dogsavethepeople.com. On the website, you'll also find show merch in our online gift shop. This includes shirts from the Tiny Tim Rescue Fund, my foundation, where profits go to supporting independent rescues and shelters. If you have any questions or submissions, please drop a note to the email address bark at dogsavethepeople.com. Enjoy a walk with your dog outside and make it a great day for both of you. Thank you.